Hello, my good friends. Mike Shreve here, founder and head troublemaker of the No Pants Project. You are listening to episode seven of the No Pants Show, where we're going to be talking about 21 ways to attract your dream client with fairly easy to create content. Before we dive deep into the 21 different ways, let's talk a little bit about my philosophy of client getting so that you understand the context and sort of how you would distribute this content, where it would go to maximize your ability to attract those clients who pay well, respect you, are the perfect fit, they vibe with what you're doing, and they're the kind of projects you want to work on. The first thing that's very, very important to understand about my philosophy of client getting is that it has to be simple. There is a philosophy and systems design which is to say that when people create systems, whether it's a computer system or a uh, organizational system or a mechanical system, there's a concept, and I can't remember the exact name of the concept, but it is essentially the more moving pieces you have, the greater the risk of something breaking or something going wrong or something just not performing as well as it should be. So the more pieces you have in a thing, the less likely it is to perform well. Or, another way to think of it, the more likely it will break. A lot of people, when they try to build their business, try to build this very complex and complicated machine whether it's a 57-step funnel or a 97-step autoresponder or blah, 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 all these are... And what happens is because their system is so complex, it's very easy for that system to break. And so they may have done 99 things right, but because they did one thing wrong, their client-getting process doesn't work. So my philosophy is let's make it as simple as possible. Let's make it as efficient as possible. Let's have like maybe one or two moving pieces and let's make it so easy that a kindergartner could do it because then we have a higher likelihood of being able to actually succeed at that thing because we just don't have a lot of pieces. There's not a great risk that this could, you know, blow up in our face or we miss one of 99 things. There's only one or two things easy to focus. So that's the first thing that's very important to understand. The second thing that's very important to understand about my philosophy and how we approach content creation is that I'm a firm believer in mastery, meaning a lot of what you and I want Uh, As Cal Newport describes in his book, So Good They Can't Ignore You, a lot of what you and I want in our careers really comes from something called career autonomy. Career Career autonomy is basically just this idea of being able to do what you want, when you want, with who you want, as often as you want, and being able to charge high prices for it. Cal Newport makes the argument that career autonomy comes from being very good at what you do, so... If we want to be very good at what we do, the pathway to achieving that is mastery. One of the core elements of mastery is practice and deep work, deliberate practice specifically. So my recommendation for those who want to get clients and get really good at getting clients and get really, really good at getting their perfect dream client is to show up and every single day add value to your potential clients through some form of content creation. Historically, and this is the one that I recommend that you do, is create an email list because email still to this day is the highest return on investment when it comes to digital marketing efforts. Create an email list It's also platform independent. So Facebook can't tell you what to do. YouTube can't tell you what to do. You're not going to lose your ad account. You're not going to lose YouTube account. Like when you own an email list, you own those contacts. Even if you have to transfer them between autoresponders and all that kind of good stuff. If you don't know what that is, don't worry about it. It's all good. But the point is you own it. And it's still one of the highest, if not the highest ROI marketing channel of all, but certainly the highest when it comes to digital marketing. And every single day you deliver through email, you don't need a blog, you don't need a website, you don't need any of these things, just through email you deliver a piece of content that helps the people who are on your list. 
when you can do this, it's, it's that simple. You send them something that helps them every single day. Because you're practicing every single day, involved in deep practice, you get better and better and better. And eventually this email list becomes a bunch of raving fans and they're your dream clients. And it becomes very, very easy to get clients. Now, that's how I've run my business for the past 10 years. I only now am expanding into other forms of content because email isn't the only way that a daily, you know, you could call it a daily dose of service, whether you deliver it via email or whether you deliver it via a daily podcast like this one. I'm creating this podcast. I'm trying to help someone so they believe that I can help them because as my mentor says, if you want someone to believe they can help you, help them because I want people to purchase my coaching and mentoring programs in the No Pants Project. That's why this podcast exists. That's why it's also daily because it's simple. I show up every single day and I produce something. All right, so that's the philosophy behind daily content and simplifying your business. You don't need a 57-step funnel. Instead, you need to show up every day and help. Here's 21 ways that you can come up with ideas of things to share that will help the people, whether you post it up as a podcast, whether you make it a daily video, whether you decide to make a daily blog, whether you decide to do a Facebook Live every single day, whether you decide to go on Snapchat every day, whether you decide to do an email list, which is my number one recommended uh, way that you start doing this. Regardless of the medium through which you deliver this content, here's 21 ways that you can attract your dream client. Number one is a listicle, okay? A listicle is just a list of helpful things like this podcast is a listicle. The 21 ways to attract your dream client with content. It's very easy to do. You literally just sit down and list out everything you can think of that would help this, whoever is your dream client, and then you produce that piece of content. Very easy People love them. And even if you aren't an expert, the great thing about a listicle is that you can easily go research and find things to put on the list. So let's say you wanted to make a list of 57 different ways you can get better abs. Well, maybe you don't know 57. Go on the internet, research, compile, aggregate. You have an awesome piece of content now that people will love and think, man, he knows 57 different ways. Well, you did the research, you found out, you know now, now you're sharing. Listicles are amazing. Number two, objection handling content. So creating a piece of content, again, an email or a podcast or video or whatever, that addresses a specific objection. Let me give you an example. What I like to do is I like to think about my dream clients and I like to think of all the reasons they won't buy from me. Why won't they buy my coaching? Why won't they buy my mentoring? Why won't they buy my copywriting services? Why won't they buy things from me? And I make a list. They don't have any money. They don't believe I can help them. They don't know da 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 All the different, like all the stuff that goes on in your mind of why you think you can't sell to someone, those are probably objections that they have about your service. I make a list and then I say, what piece of content could I create that would help someone who doesn't invest in coaching or mentoring realize that they should invest in my coaching or mentoring. The other day, one of the podcasts that I created was um, like things that freelancers should know about money. The reason I created that is because I know one of the objections that people have when they find out about the No Pants Project is they want to start a business, but they're kind of grossed out about making money. Like they don't want to make a lot of money. They feel like if you try to start a business and you don't, um, you know, you try to charge people money or something like that, that, that somehow makes you a bad person. And that becomes an objection and a hurdle for them to purchase something from me. So I made a podcast episode. Some people have already listened to it and been like, oh my gosh, that completely changed my mind. That's called overcoming an objection. So sit down. List out all the reasons why people aren't going to buy from you and then create content to help them overcome that objection. Number three is read a book in your niche. If there's a popular book in your niche, it is filled with ideas that people in your niche enjoy. So read that book and then your piece of content could literally just be 
a review of that book. Included in that review would be your opinion, your thoughts, your experience. Maybe if you disagree with some of the points that the author made, you would include that as well. Number four, offering a contrarian opinion on a popular idea in your niche. So for example, there's a hugely popular idea in the niche of online money making and starting a business, which is to hustle 24-7. I love making content against pointing out the fallacies, pointing out the the horrible idea that is grinding 16 hours a day. What that does is by me creating content of why that's such a bad idea, it says more about me than if I were to come out and say, hey, build a business around your life instead of a life around your business. And that was just the only piece of content that I ever made. Instead, by me being able to juxtapose my position against a popular idea, it separates me from the field. And I promise you that for every popular idea that's in your niche, there is a lot of people who don't agree with it. So don't be intimidated by it being popular Because it's popular, it has generated a bunch of people who maybe had never thought about it before. Now, because it's a popular idea, they think about it and they've developed a contrarian opinion of their own. So when they see other people echoing their same beliefs, they will naturally gravitate to that position. Okay, it's one of my favorite things to do. Now, don't do it if you don't actually believe it, right? That's the thing. Don't just do it to do it. You have to actually believe that whatever that position is, you know, you are have opposing views. Number five is just do an in-depth how-to, whatever that might be. So the other day I did a podcast episode on how to start a podcast with a cell phone and three free apps. If somebody listened to that podcast, they don't need anything else to go make their own podcast. I gave everything there was. I gave the, the tools I use, how I use them. I even gave um, you know, information about what I plan to do in the future with it. Be an open book and give an in-depth how-to. Number six, one of the things that I really, really love doing uh, is disqualifying people who aren't a good fit for the things that I do. So I'm not a fan, generally, of getting on a phone with someone or doing a back and forth email, trying to convince someone to buy something from me that shouldn't buy from me. So my, one of my favorite types of content is number six, which is uh, reasons why you shouldn't type of content. So for example, I have on the No Pants Project blog, nine reasons you shouldn't be a freelancer. And in that content, I specifically call out the types of behaviors, the attitudes, the even level of knowledge or level of experience of the types of people who aren't a good fit for my business. So remember, the title of this podcast is 21 different content ideas that you can use to attract your dream customer, not just random customers or clients. So with this reasons why you shouldn't content idea, the whole point of that type of content is to disqualify individuals. So for example, one of the things I love to do is if you're trying to be a millionaire, don't be a freelancer. Millionaires work a lot. They need scale. It's a completely different business model. Or for example, if you don't like helping people, don't be a freelance. Don't be a freelancer because this is a service based business, right? Does that make sense? So you can see how by creating that content and me just being truthful, you don't have to be nasty, just be truthful. Like for example, if you already make a million dollars a year, there is not a product or program in the No Pants Project that you should buy. We help people who are either just getting started or they're, you know, making maybe 3 to $5,000 a month and they want to get to $10,000 a month. 
That's who we help. If you're already making a million dollars a year, please don't buy my stuff. That's not, that's not what I built this company for, right? So I would disqualify, don't start a freelancing business if you're already making a million dollars a year, right? That's the kind of stuff that you can do with that piece of content. Number eight, of course, one of my favorites is inspirational and motivational type content. So if you remember back to the first episode of this particular podcast, I the whole podcast was how to get started. People buy from people. People buy from people. People buy from people that they know, like, and trust. So it's okay to share the inspirational and the motivational and your thoughts and your feelings and um, you know, showing that side of you because not only does it have a uh, the power to connect you on an actual personal level, but also there were some people who who listened to that podcast and then emailed or messaged us and said, you know what, that inspired me, I'm ready to get started. And that is an incredible first step in a sales conversation, right? So that inspirational, motivational stuff, it isn't just floofy, it actually does help to attract clients. Now be easy on it because if you do too much of it, which I admit I've been guilty of doing too much of it in the past, clients who are looking for tangible solutions to something, they may kind of be like, okay, well I'm motivated, but does this person actually have the technical knowledge to help me with what I'm looking to do? So sparingly is best. Um, I, you know, we could probably pull back a little bit more and, and add more technical knowledge to what we share in the No Pants Project for sure. Okay, number nine is tell a story to demonstrate your experience. I like talking about stories that I experienced uh, as a freelancer to my audience of freelancers and potential freelancers, right? So I like to say, look, I've been doing this for 10 years. I remember back nine years ago when I had this one really bad client. Here's the things I learned, I, you know, five reasons why you should never cancel a client project the night before. Let me tell you about this one story where the client got really mad and here's what I did. Here's the da 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 That demonstrates that I know what I'm talking about, that I have experience. If you don't have experience to share, that's okay. You have 20 other options on this list, right? <laughs> so that's the first thing I want to make sure you understand. There's 21 options. You do not need to do them all. You could have a successful client attraction content machine thing, daily emails, podcasts, whatever you're doing, Facebook lives, YouTube videos on, you would maybe need 10 of these that you just kind of recycle. Okay. So if you don't have experience, that's fine. But when you do, this is a fun and easy way to create and produce content. Number 10 is doing a live over-the-shoulder demonstration, um, specifically demonstrating basically for you to say, hey, look, see, I know what I'm talking about. So for example, we did a video, I think a week or two ago here in the No Pants Project where I showed how we're getting leads for $1.80. I just broke down, let me walk through exactly what I did. And it was just like a eight minute video. It wasn't a long form blog post. It, you know, it, it didn't have a PDF. It didn't, it took me eight minutes to do on uh, like screencast-o-matic or something like that. So I didn't have to spend all day. And I just talked about, here's what we're doing. Let's do a live over-the-shoulder walkthrough and then let me share that with you so that you can do the same. And that was an ex uh, sort of an example of our technical skill and knowledge. It got shared a couple times uh, to some big groups and people were like, wow, this guy actually knows what he's talking about. And that's the point of making it. Uh, number 11, this is something that I think people need to do more often. I myself am guilty of not doing this enough. Tell your success stories. For example, just this last week, one of our students in the No Pants Project earned his first $10,000 month. We probably should be better about sharing that story, right? Because <laughs> it perks people. Wait, hold on. Someone in your program got $10,000? Uh, is making $10,000 a month. Yes, someone in our program is making $10,000 a month. He's certainly not our first, definitely won't be our last. But by me telling you that story, it 
you in your mind you think, okay, well, geez, maybe this, maybe there's something to this program. So you as a freelancer, when you have success stories, share them. Make sure you check with NDAs and make, you know, you don't always have to say the name of the client. Like I just didn't say the name of the person who posted in our Facebook group that he made $10,000. You don't always have to give all the details, okay? I could do an entire episode, a No Pants episode of how one of our mentoring students went from zero to $10,000 a month. And then in that episode, I just talk about the strategies used tell a little bit about that person. I don't have to use their name. I don't have to give details about what it is they do, even though people always complain that we never, you know, give them uh, all the details so they can go copy and rip off the people. <laughs> I don't know why people always complain about that. They, they get mad at us that we don't let them rip off our students. Um, <laughs> but that, you know, that could be uh, an entire episode, an entire piece of content. And people would love that. They love hearing the success stories. And then it just solidifies in their mind, both, you know, the no pants project, for example, they know what they're doing, but then also it solidifies their own story that they're telling themselves. So if they see themselves in your success story, in that success story that you're sharing, they can say, you know what, this is, if, if Mike helped this person who was a lot like me, he can probably help me too. And that's the story that they'll tell themselves in their head. That makes for a much better sales process. The person's already sold by the time they go through your stuff. Okay, so that's number 11. Number 12 is just Q&A or, or FAQ. So you take a post where you just answer a question. Now, in my case, I have an entire student group through our No Pants Project program uh, where I can just literally go in there and see a question that someone has and record an entire podcast or create a daily email based off of that. But what if you don't have that? Like, for example, in my freelancing business, I don't have a student group, right? So I have the No Pants Project business, which is a coaching and mentoring business. And then I have my actual freelancing business where I still do services for clients Where do I get the Q&A? Where do I get the FAQ? There's a couple things you can do. One is just in your conversations with clients and potential clients, check to see what are common questions that they have about you or your service or um, problems. Or uh, for example, if you know that the majority of the people who come to you struggle with, you know, how do I get my first sale online, right? Maybe that's what you do. You help uh, offline business owners transition and create an online digital strategy. Let's say that's what you do as a freelancer. One of the questions they may have is, how do I get my first sale online? That could be an entire podcast episode and a Facebook Live. It could be a YouTube video. It could be a daily email. You can see how that would be very easy to create. Um, and frankly, you could recycle it a couple of times, right? There's like 50 different ways you could answer that question so now you have ideas for the rest of the year just answering that one question. You can also borrow questions from your competitors. So if your competitor has a Facebook group, go into that Facebook group and see what their students or their people are asking and then write an email answering that particular question. Now, obviously, don't go into your competitor's group and say, you know, take a screenshot of someone's question and put it in your daily email, but you could easily frame it as something like one of the most common questions I see or a common question I see, or even I was in a Facebook group the other day and I saw this question. I want to take the time right now to answer it. Or you could literally just call the title, like say of your podcast, um, how to get my first sale online or how to get your first sale online. And then you just, you create your podcast by answering that specific question. You can also go to online forums. You can look at you know, something as simple as like Yahoo Answers, right? I don't even know if that's a thing anymore, but sites like that where you, where people are throwing questions out into the universe. Quora is a good one. Q-U-O-R-A is a place that you can go get questions and just answer it in your way. How would you answer it? Share that answer with your audience. However, you've collected the audience, email, YouTube, Facebook, Again, podcasts, wherever your people are, and that's your content for the day. And see how simple it is? It's just, 
you put it out there and now you have this little asset that is floating around on the interweb space that works 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year to make you look good so that people will hire you for your services. That's number 12. Number 13, one of my favorites also is the Traveler Beware content. Basically, you create content to tell people what they should be aware of. So it's a cautionary email. For example, don't do this thing if you want this thing. I have an upcoming podcast called, I think it's uh, the four things to avoid or four ways freelancers kill client relationships. It's a piece of content that warns my dream prospects of things not to do. So for example, if you uh, maybe you're a branding specialist of some kind and you want to help people build a better brand in their website or something and you say seven mistakes that business owners make in their branding that kills sales or something, you know, whatever, something like that. And the purpose of that content is a cautionary warning. The result of that content is that the people who consume it will look at you and say, oh, clearly they will look out for us because they know stuff we don't know, right? They know what to avoid and we want to avoid making mistakes. That's number 13. Number 14, very, very simple. Just interview someone. Interview someone. If you go to the nopantsprojectblog.com, we also, um, there's sort of a variation of the interview, which is uh, you sort of, it's called borrowing authority, which is, let's say that we want to create a blog post on how to get a retainer. What we might do with the No Pants Project is for a blog post, we might go out and find 5, 10, 15 different people who have already spoken about retainers and collect their best advice into a single piece of content, right? So you don't have to always be the person producing the ideas. You can also just be Oprah. Oprah is one of the most trusted people in American society and nearly all of her ideas are someone else's. Meaning she developed that trust over 10, 15, 20, 30 years because as, as the interviewer, as the journalist, as the person who asked the questions, not as the person who gave all the answers. You look at someone like uh, Entrepreneur on Fire who has a multi-million dollar business based entirely off his podcast. All he does is interview. And yet he can sell things to his audience because he has become a trusted advisor. So again, interviewing is a really good way to develop content. Personally, I'm just too lazy for it because the interview process is pretty extensive. You have to go find someone. You have to ask what they want to talk about. You have to schedule it in your calendar, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So we don't do that that much here. It's not anything to do with ego or not wanting to share other people's voices. It's literally just because uh, my calendar can't currently... Um, support that kind of back and forth, right? Okay, Uh, next is, let's see, that was number 14. Here's number 15. Uh, It's, this is called the here's what you're missing story. Uh, So for example, um, it's, it's a story or a piece of content that's similar to the, the, the cautionary tale but it's based more around a personal story on and it's it's based more specifically on gain rather than fear. So the cautionary tale is four ways that, you know, freelancers kill client relationships, right? That's loss aversion. Like, oh my gosh, if I don't know if I don't know these four things, I might kill all my client relationships. This is more of a uh, here's what you could gain if you stop doing these things. So for example, you may have a piece of content that is, uh, here's why every single freelancer needs to immediately fire half of their clients if they ever want to have free time in their business. So the, the piece of content is actually about free time in your business and how to get it. 
but what you how you sort of approach it and you position it is here's the things you need to be aware of if this is the thing that you want. Okay? So here's the things you need to be aware of if this is the thing that you want. And this is really really powerful as a form of delivering clarity to your prospective clients. And for a lot of the sales process, just delivering clarity will close the sale for you. So for example, let's say that what you do is that you are an illustrator and you uh, maybe you, you do comics for businesses that need content, right? You, you merge humor and your ability to illustrate to create sort of meme type content that they can share with their clients and etc. Well, maybe one of the pieces of clarity that you can provide, and because it's, it may be obvious to you, but it's not always obvious to your clients. Maybe your client didn't even know they can outsource content creation. And so maybe the, the sort of what you're missing piece of content that you could create is, uh, you know, something along the lines of why every business doing a million dollars a year needs to create a content team if they want to grow their business or something like that, right? Maybe not the best headline ever, but something along that lines. Basically, the purpose of your of your of your piece of content is: look, if you want to actually grow and scale, you need outsiders to help you build a content machine that produces enough content to get enough reach and audience and et cetera that you have uh, this ability to um, to, to start reaching beyond. Uh, what you've been reaching in the past, right? So that's a number, let's see what number was that, number 15. The what, here's what you're missing stories. Number 16 is build building up your uniqueness profile. Okay, so this is kind of a complex concept, but once you get it, this should be able to actually create you all sorts of different kinds of content. So here's how it works. So building up your uniqueness profile, first what you have to do is you list out all the things that you want your business to be known for and specifically how you want your business to be different and unique. So for example, the No Pants Project program, we are essentially a company that teaches people how to make money online. Right. I mean, let's be transparent and no bones about it. We help people start businesses online. Traditionally, the kind of companies that operate in that space are really sleazy. Right. Um, They don't you don't get good vibes from those companies. Example, Ty Lopez is actually one of our competitors. So one of the things that we want to do as a no pants project is we want to be unique We want to be different than everybody in the MMO space. So we are purposefully trying to think about what is it that does actually make us unique. One of the things that makes us unique is that 100% of our profits go to charity. Uh, Not a common thing in the Lamborghini leasing, mansion renting, make money online, you know, here in my garage in Beverly Hills sort of industry that is teaching people to make stuff online, to make money online. So when we are creating content with this number 16, which is building up your uniqueness profile, first, what you want to do is you want to list out how you want your business to be seen as unique. And then you create content that says that. And I'll be the first to admit that in 2018 and 2017, which is our first sort of 18 months, we didn't do a terribly good job of consistently telling that story. We're going to be doing a, a much better job in 2019 of really hammering our uniqueness in our content that we create for others. Meaning the content that we create for, for people to consume other than our, our students and our programs. Okay, so that's number 16. Uh, and, and one of the things is you could very easily make a list of like 30 different reasons you want your business to be unique. My recommendation though is that you just focus on one to three different things. 
So for the most part, we're going to be focusing on charity. And then we're going to be focusing on sort of how to build a business that isn't all about the hustle and the grind and the seven figures, but just like, let's build a business that pays the bills so I can go live my life and do other things, right? That's kind of our approach. All right, number 17 is the checklist content piece, (laughs) email, podcast, whatever. This is a little bit different than a listicle. So a listicle, I'm just going through, because this is a listicle, this podcast here, I'm just going through and saying, this is an idea, this is an idea, this is an idea, this is an idea, this is an idea. A checklist is the seven steps to creating your first podcast or the seven steps to creating your first piece of content. You would say, step one, you know, get your pen out and write on the paper. Step two, upload it, da-da-da. Step three, make your blah-blah. Step four, da-da-da-da-da. So this is just simply a step-by-step. You know, you could say uh, three steps to getting a client to say yes even when the client doesn't have any money, uh, you know, whatever, that could be a piece of content that we create. I would go through, okay, first step, you need to do this, and then you need to do this, and then you need to do this. You want the the consumer of this piece of content to come away with a clear set of actions that they could take and actually get a result for themselves. Because again, like my mentor says, if you want people to believe that you can help them, help them. So checklist pieces of content is literally a way for you to let them go get a result. And then when they come back, say, wow, I got this result. This guy, Mike, who gave me this step-by-step plan clearly knows what he's talking about. I wonder what else he has in store for me. Let's go through the sales process and see what we can do together. Okay. So that's number 17. We're making our way through the list. Hopefully this is a helpful list. Number 18. Again, one of my favorite ones is the rant. This is just when you pick a topic that you're passionate about and you just rant about it. It doesn't have to be so, you know, earlier we had um, sort of the contrarian opinion on a popular idea. I believe that was number four. And we'll go through this whole list again here really quick. But number four, this is so the contrarian opinion, you would say, here's why, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk's idea of hustling 27 hours a day is wrong. That's a contrarian opinion. The rant, though could just be something as simple as here's why you need to get off your booty and actually build a business today. And you just, it's just a passion piece, right? It doesn't have to be against anything, but it definitely has to be for something. And it is part motivation, part inspiration, but also part just like showing that you're a human being and that you have ideas that you believe in. Because again, people buy from people and they buy from people that they know, like, and trust. So you have to be a human while you create content and show pieces of your humanity. You don't need to put your whole entire life on display. Like I'm a fairly private person in terms of, you know, uh, my Facebook profile is blocked to the public. I'm not showing pictures of my kids. I ain't showing pictures of my wife, you know, none of that kind of stuff. But people do want to know that I'm not just a robot machine, that I do have opinions because they want to buy from someone they can trust. And it's hard to trust to trust a robot. So the rant is a really fun one. Um, again, it's one of those content types you don't want to do every single day because people kind of get tired of it. But every once in a while, right? So like one of my friends um, has this thing, which I, which I love when he does, because I, you know, I, I can see it when you learn how to create content, you see, kind of can see through the matrix. Like you see what moves everyone's making. Um, but when he does it, I, I love it because it's just, I love to see the reactions from it because it gets really, really positive reactions. His rant is basically like, if you aren't like, if you're a 19 year old Lamborghini renting dude, don't tell me about productivity because I've got you know, four kids, a wife, a mortgage, like all this stuff. You're like a a single 19 year old dude. Don't tell me how to be productive. You don't really know half of what life is about quite yet. Right. And so, and I love that because you, you see the people who react to that rant, they, they create an allegiance, almost a loyalty to, uh, that idea. Because again, People are not, I mean, you can see this in the political arena, right? 
most politicians aren't, when they're speaking, they're not actually providing solutions. Okay. Like next time you see a video clip of a politician, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle. Next time you see a a, a politician, like ask yourself, are they actually offering solutions or are they just ranting and providing opinion? And you will find that most of the time, most of the time, they're not offering solutions at all. They're simply ranting and offering their opinion and they're doing this consciously and it's because that's what creates allegiance. That's what creates uh, a tie between people, right? So if you're wishy-washy and you don't have opinions on things, it's okay because you still have 20 other content types that you can use, but don't expect the same results as somebody who's willing to rant in terms of people being, um, having loyalty towards you or uh, having an easier time closing a sale because, again, people buy from people they know, like, and most importantly, trust. And people trust people whose ideas they align with. And so if nobody knows your ideas, they don't know what to align with. Right, that's number 18. Number 19, just use your analytics. Like that's a great content idea, meaning look at what you've created in the past that has performed the best and just create another version of that. So for example, if this particular podcast gets a lot of likes and you know whatever, like people love it and it gets good views on YouTube and lots of listens on the different podcast platforms, iTunes, whatever, whatever I will know, okay, my audience likes knowing how to make content. I gave 21 ways to make content. Maybe I could do another one of 21 more ways to make content, or I could just use that as a springboard and come up with, you know, uh, how to come up with 57 content ideas in the next nine minutes or, uh, how to create epic content or, you know, whatever it could all be themed off of whatever is performing well. Right. So that's, that's the, basically one of the ways to create content is to look at what content has worked well in the past. You have an email list. If you get a lot of responses to one of your daily emails, people are like, Oh my gosh, I love this. This was fantastic. Changed my life. Well, if the open rates higher, if the, if the click through rates really high, look at your analytics to see what your people want and then give it to them. This is part of what I was talking about in the, in the beginning of this podcast. If you want to run a super successful business, that's really, really simple to run that you don't need a 57 step funnel, make something every single day because that means you'll get better at it. Plus you'll show frequency and people like to know that people show up consistently. Um, also everyone that you know and love, you probably have a high frequency of interaction with. It's not an accident. It's how our human brain works. Um, it's impression mirroring and all sorts of different things that we can talk about in another episode. But, uh, you know, part of this, you know, running the simple business is when you create daily content, you get daily feedback. When you get daily feedback, you allow it to create, to sort of shape what you create moving forward in terms of content so that the content creates the content. Does that make sense? You don't have to consistently every single day, like, Oh, what am I going to say today? There's this concept of content begets content begets content. Basically what that means is that once you get the, the train started, you'll get enough feedback and notifiers and information and more ideas that it will be very easy for you to just come up with content. Um, you know, for example, right now, I've probably got six or seven podcast ideas I could have done just off of ideas that came to me today based off of the early data that we have from the first six episodes. Does that make sense? So uh, this is this is something that I think people forget, like they have to somehow come up with the ideas out of the ether, start putting stuff out there, see what's working, make more of that stuff. All right. Number 20. This is, I don't know how other, how other, I don't know of another way to describe this other than it's a post of people like this do things like this. So it's the people like this do things like this post. 
And basically what you're trying to do is you're trying to help people to identify whether or not they are your dream client. In other words, give people a framework to identify themselves in. Let me give you uh, an example from the No Pants Project. I could create a piece of content that says something like, why ethical freelancers will succeed in 2019. And the whole podcast or blog post or email could be about the advantages of being an ethical freelancer and then say something like, if you are an ethical freelancer, I would love to help you because I help people who believe in XYZ. What you're trying to say is people who want to run an ethical business do these things and buy from me. Does that make sense? So people like this do things like this. And you put that out into the interwebs and people will have, it's, it's about creating clarity. Because when people buy, they don't use logic, they use emotion. One of the emotions that they use is self-identification. So they tell the story of who they think they are, and then they align themselves with other people that they think will allow them to either continue, grow, or flourish, or nourish who they believe that they are. So by creating content that people like this do things like this, you can um, basically, it's a little bit like virtue signaling, but I don't think it's as shady, but it, it allows other people to see, uh, you know, that they belong in your tribe or they belong in your circle of, of people and that you are specifically qualified to help those kinds of people because you're beliefs align. Okay. The last one here, number 21, this is the 21st way that you can easily create content to, uh, get, uh, your dream client is simply mix and match any of these ideas. So for example, maybe you say number one, take a listicle and then you combine it with number two, which is objection handling content. 27 reasons why freelancers who invest in coaching are statistically more successful than those who don't. So we know the objection is freelancers not wanting to invest in coaching or mentoring. We create a list, listicle, 27 different reasons. Let me give you another one. Let's say number 18, a rant, and I'm just t- you know uh, taking these um, randomly here. Let's combine the rant with a Q&A and a traveler beware. So rant, Q&A, traveler beware. So maybe I see a question in my Facebook group and somebody asks, should I use testimonials uh, without my client's permission? Well, I could, do, I could answer that Q&A and I could do it in a rant and I could uh, say something like, okay, you guys, here's something I've seen again and again. I'm just so sick and tired of seeing people do this thing. You don't know what an NDA is. Here's what's going to happen if you da-da-da-da-da-da. And if you aren't careful, you could ruin this relationship and that relationship and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm just standing on my pedestal right now, ranting away and blah, 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 blah. Or I could also rant the other way. Oh my gosh, you guys, every single time I see someone being timid about asking for a testimonial and da-da-da-da-da, look, you guys, if you don't start asking for testimonials, what's going to happen is people are going to forget about you. No one is going to trust you. You're going to lose all of this and da-da-da. I want you to be as successful as humanly possible because I believe that you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you can write this, you can make it a video, Facebook, whatever, podcast, however you want to do it. So that's how you do number 21. All right, my dear friends, let's do a quick recap of the 21 different types of content that you can create to attract your dream customer, dream client. Number one, listicle. 
Number two, objection handling content. Number three, read a book in your niche and review it. Number four, offer a contrarian opinion on a popular idea. Number five, do an in-depth how-to. Number six, the reason why you shouldn't. Number eight, inspirational and motivational. Number nine, tell a story to demonstrate your experience. Number 10, live or over-the-shoulder demonstrations. Number 11, telling your success stories. Number 12, Q&A or FAQ. Number 13, traveler beware. Number 14, interview and borrow authority. Number 15, here's what you, uh, sort of the here's what you're missing stories. Number 16, building up your uniqueness profile. Number 17, the checklist email. Number 18, the rant. Number 19, using your analytics to create more of the same. Number 20, people like this do things like that. And number 21, the idea mix and match. Remember, my dear friends, these are ideas. The medium by which you deliver them doesn't matter as much as doing it consistently, so daily if possible, working towards mastery, and keeping it super, super simple. Keeping it very, very simple. The second you start to overcomplicate this process, you increase your risk of things breaking, of not doing it because we tend to procrastinate things that are uh, complex or complicated. And then you also increase the risk of if it's complicated for you, imagine how complicated it is for a stranger to have to navigate. So keep things simple. So things are simple for your clients. That's it, my dear friends, for this particular podcast. If you like this idea of simple mechanisms to create a successful business, If you like this idea of all I have to do is show up every day and try to help someone and I can choose my own adventure, whether it's podcast or email or et cetera, et cetera, we'd love to have you in our mentoring and coaching program here at the No Pants Project. We go into this kind of stuff. We teach you how to build it. We also teach you how to think about your client, how to think about their problems, how to create services that people who read this kind of stuff are actually going to want to buy. And our goal is to either take you from zero to full-time or full-time and beyond. To find out if you're qualified for our coaching or mentoring program, please visit thenopantsproject.com. You'll see a video case study which goes more in-depth of how to attract premium clients, how to attract clients who are willing to pay you at least three or $5,000, how to get monthly retainers, etc. And you'll also see 18 other case studies from students of mine Uh, that are in the coaching and mentoring programs that uh, have applied some of this stuff to attract their dream clients. Again, that's the nopantsproject.com. We'd love to have a chat with you. You'd be talking to one of our advisors to see if you're a good fit. We are very good at helping good people to turn their skills and passions into a freelancing business. All right, my friends, that's it from me. I am Mike Shree, founder and head troublemaker of the No Pants Project. You've just listened to episode seven of the No Pants Show, 21 ways to attract your dream client with pretty easy content. I'll see you on our next episode.